You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. Welcome to Hello Sport Podcast, <laughs> home of unqualified opinion and unwavering bias. Eddie, the, da- the day has come. Oh, it's here. We've, it's upon uh, us. It's finally happened. It's upon us. It's uh, it's a win for the punter and the dribbler, really, isn't it? Our, our loyal listeners, they've been crying out for <laughs> Angus Crichton to come on. Been fucking begging us for it. <laughs> Absolutely begging us. And Down on their knees. <laughs> he's, he's finally here. Angus, thank you very much for joining us, mate. How you going? Yeah, good, mate. Um... First, first time on the show, so it should be good fun, mate. Absolutely. Now I've got to ask. We uh, so we we when doing our podcast and sort of some of our interactions with our listeners, we asked and we were like, all right, we're gonna have to try and use some punter power to get you on here. We asked him to slide into your DMs and just sort of like, you know, mate, get on the Hello Sport podcast, da da da, and tag you and shit. Did you see any of that from any? Were you like, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> there was a few comments and stuff floating around, but yeah, I'm not too sure. Um, of the this this could be a massive podcast for a small park podcast. I've got no idea. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't say I've ever listened to you guys before. But well, that was my next question. How long have you been listening for? Uh, well, I think, I think this, this might be my first my first time I listened. So oh, perfect. You might oh, have well, got a new go. fan. Oh, that's alright. <laughs> Better late than never. Never. Yeah, Absolutely. Exactly. So you've uh, you just got back from New York for your off season trip. How was it? Yeah, it was good fun. So over in the states for a bit. Um, Austin, Nashville, New York. So. Got a got a fair bit of energy out of my system and now back into it and ready to train and rip in now. So yeah, I was, I was pretty ready to come home by the end of it. How do you plan something like that where like you got to just book everything last minute because you don't know how your season's going to go? Yeah, exactly. So I, sh- I had shoulder surgery on the 2nd of October and then I flew over to Bali for a week um, on the 6th and I was in Arnhem Land for a week and then home for a day, then Austin for 10 days, Nashville for a few nights, and then New York, so... 10 days in Austin? Yeah. Yeah, it's a hell of a place. Yeah, mate, it's a great city. Blow, blew off plenty of steam, did you, mate? Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> no, the people of Austin were very accommodating. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um, and so, now you're back in your, your train. You're at the Roosters now? Yeah. How's it team. going? Um, yeah, it's good. It's just, it's a lot of new new people for me, a lot of new staff, new faces and, and whatnot at the moment. It's just myself and a um, couple of other new recruits and the rest of the, some of the younger dudes. And I think the older guys are all coming back in the next couple of weeks. So Still got some time yeah, off. They're on a, a training trip to Vegas, aren't they? Yeah, I think yeah. they're in LA and Vegas and I think they got back in... A couple of days ago, so I'm not too sure what their what their movements are now. But yeah, back into it, getting my shoulder right, ready for this year. What's it like when you go from a team like the Rabbitohs, like where last year you guys, or this year you guys did well. Year before you, you know, you probably didn't do as well. But like you've gone from a from a good team, but into the premier the premiership winning side, like a, the the glamour club of the NRL, the Man United, we like to call them. What's that? Is there? Do you feel pressure going in and doing like to go in? To that sort of a setup, especially after they've won. I'm um, not really pressure. I think um, obviously there's a lot of excitement around the place, and everyone's um, excited to train, excited to start ripping in, and everyone wants to be playing. But I actually went to South in 2015 after they just won the comp, so I've sort of had that ah, right. had that before, and it hasn't been a whole heap different. Um, I think the thing with NRL and, and rugby league is there's good people everywhere, and all the clubs are pretty similar. To be honest, it's just different faces, and mm. yeah. Is there any party that was like? Because I remember reading somewhere it was like you could have gone to Roosters last year or this year. Was there any party where you're like, oh shit, if I'd just gone that little bit earlier, 
you would have knocked off a bloody Origin Series win and then a grand final in the one year. Yeah, pe- people have pointed that out to me, but I think you, you can't live like that. You can't live yeah. thinking, oh, I wish I did this, I wish I did that. And I'm, I'm happy that I stuck by my contract because as you guys have seen in sport these days, especially in rugby league, contracts don't mean a whole heap and I'm mm. sort of... I guess not not proud, but I guess I'm just sort of happy in myself that I that I stuck true and, and did what I wanted to do and stay yeah. there for that year. Were you close to going to the Roosters, or was it never yeah, an option? Never an option. No. Um, I think leaving the club itself was a tough enough decision, and to leave and then say, "Hey, I'm I'm leaving this year and I'm getting out of this last year of my deal." I think that's just a bit too much. I think telling them I was leaving in the first place is enough of a sort of, I guess tragedy to, to hurt people that I do love yeah. and rather than say oh I'm not going to play with you guys ever again I'm, I'm out then that's a bit too much too heavy yeah. did I read did, did I read that you flew up to see Russell Crowe yeah so, yeah yeah I did Jesus so did he know you were coming or was he like fuck he's coming up he's coming to break the news to me or did you just sort of go and surprise yeah him? I, no he knew I was coming but I think he thought that I was going up there to just catch up right for a dinner or something yeah shit Where's he live? Oh, he's out uh, on that farm. Yeah, eh? he's got a farm up in Coffs, yeah. So you could just call. Conceivably, you could have just been calling Russell and be like, hey, mate, just wanted to come up for a fee. Yeah. Is he a nice yeah. fella? Yeah, really good dude. That's oh, cool. I, I couldn't say a bad word about him. So, yeah, really good fella. And the way that he took the news and the way that he reacted was, um, I guess, very professional and, um, and a testament to him, yeah. Was that nerve-wracking? Oh, yeah, I was absolutely shooting myself. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I, so obviously flying up, like... Um, and I've I've seen him do some stuff before, which I won't repeat. But I'm just like, oh, I don't I don't know how he could take this. I don't know how he could react. So, um, but yeah, man, I'm I'm happy that I all did it the way that, like like I said, sticking to my contract and going up there and telling them face to face and making sure that I told them. And the first time they sort of heard it was from me. Yeah. Um, mm. That's that's just the way I wanted to go about things. So I'm happy with how how all of that turned out. Particularly in this day and age, where there's just rumours galore. Yeah, yeah, that's the last sort of thing you wanted. Exactly, and exactly. When and then when there's people that you care about, people like your teammates that um, you've you've been with for four years, it's you, you don't want them hearing from the media first. You want it coming from your mouth. So, what's that like? Does that happen? So, like, I mean, obviously, it does happen. How do you how do you react? in a club situation where you hear about, like what about like with the Sharks, say with the Val Holmes thing, right? I don't think the general sentiment is most people like, go do it, like, you know, go yeah. chase your dreams. But like to have that come out before he has a chance to tell anyone, how would you have reacted if it was a teammate? Obviously chase your dreams, but just that initial feeling of like, fuck man, like you couldn't have told us yourself. Yeah, I, I think people understand that. And I think it's tough. It's a different situation to what I was in. It just sort of came out all at once and he didn't have much control over it. And that's how a lot of the media is these days. But I think that you've got to understand. And I think he would have spoken to them by text or whatever, um, yeah. seeing it was the only way that he could get in front of them because he wasn't back training or anything. But I think me telling the boys that I was leaving and me telling Russell and all the club, the coach and all the staff that I was leaving off, obviously thought it out a lot and I made sure my decision was made. And then... So I flew up there, told Russell, and obviously he got onto all the heads straight away. Um, so I called Sam, Greg, Sato, um, Seeds the coach, and Richo, the head of football, and just told them all as I was driving back from or flying back from Coffs. Um, and then the first day back into training, um, our first meeting, I, I, I asked all the head guys, I said, don't say anything to the other players because I want to tell them. And I just got up and... This was back in the middle... It was this time last year in pre-season, or maybe a bit further down the track, like December. Um, and I just said... Yeah, boys. Um, just letting you know, this is my first, going to be my last season here at the club. Um, there's already a bit of speculation around it, so I just said, "Oh, yeah, it, it's true. I'm. Le- this is my last year here. Um, this is the last I'm going to talk about it. 
I'm not going to bring it up at all, media and, and whatnot. My focus is here at South and, and that's that. And and at the end of it, everyone shook my hand and said, congrats, your, your future sort of for the next however long, three, four years. And that was the last we sort of talked about it. And then any, any media or whatever that would want to spark up any sort of... Bullshit. Yeah, I'd just say, uh, yeah, I'll talk, talk about it next year with me. Yeah, right. Was there any other suitors or was it always Chooks for you? Um, so I grew up as a Chooks fan. Yeah. Um, so I... For me, I always wanted to go there. Yeah, um, there were a few, few other teams that I was my, my agent was talking to, but um, for me, I always wanted to go to the Chooks. Yeah. Seagulls ever have a crack? Yeah. We're big Manly fans. No. Here, so they didn't have a go. No. Fuck! What are they doing? Mate, I mean, come <laughs> on, mate. Who's running that club? <laughs> know, mate, we need to get in there. This is some bullshit. So you, you're a Chooks fan growing up. Did were you a were you a leaguey when you were when you were a young buck or were you a union boy? Yeah, so I'm from the country, and out there I played soccer. Um, on Saturday, Union on Sunday, and played league for school. Yeah, and I so I did play league until about year five. Or, no, I played. I should have played league all through primary school just for young public, mm. and then moved up to Scots. Um, and I actually Represent. played. I actually played for Bondi United when I was in year seven, um, which is in the East Comp. So technically, I'm Roos's junior. <laughs> <laughs> you and Victor Radley. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then. Um, then it was year 11. So then at Scots, it's all union, as you guys would know. And then in in year 11, I was 17 and I had nerve damage in my neck and I missed the whole rugby union season. Oh, shit. And so I actually got on to the recruitment manager at the Roosters just because I wanted to train and get fit, blah, 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 and just asked if I could do their preseason. So I actually played three SG ball games for them when I was 17. Um, in that team, we had Latrell Mitchell, Joey Manu, Connor Watson. Oh, um, who else? Pawasa, Farmers Foam Silly. Paul and Mavrovsky. So that's six, two heavy hitters. Six, yeah, six guys that have all played NRL this year for the Roosters. So we had a pretty crack up team, yeah. So just in terms of the uh, rugby union side of things, you were a gun at school at Scott's. And if we haven't already made this abundantly clear to the listeners, we all went to the same school, obviously. Me and Angus both representing the first 15. So, uh, you know, that's also just something else for everyone to marinate in. Um, <laughs> so, what happened, mate? Yeah, look, mate, you know, a couple of knee injuries and a couple of, you know, wrong turns. You different know. trajectory. <laughs> mate. Um, so, was league always the, th- the, the. Did you always have a. Firstly, did you always think that there was a realistic chance of you playing professional footy? Yeah, so as, as a kid, um, I, that was all I really saw myself doing. Yeah. Um, Were you always good? Yeah, I, I, in in my head, I, like I'm not sure. Like kids grow up saying they want to be firemen, want to be policemen, firefighters, whatever. And I don't know. As a kid, I just always thought I'd be playing footy. I never yeah. really had two ways about it. I didn't really think how I would do it or how I'd get there. But um, I guess I didn't really. Actually, no. My mum was like my mum. Whenever anyone had asked, say, "Oh, what do you want to do?" She'd say, "Oh, just say you want to be an architect." <laughs> so I just go around saying, yeah, "Seinfeld I'll, fan." I'll, yeah, well, actually, I'm a Seinfeld fan. So I either want to be an architect or a footy player. <laughs> <laughs> and then with with uh, so at Scotts though, you were killing it at rugby union as well. You played Aussie schoolboys. Yeah. This is a me and Eddie have been. We've spoken about this on the podcast many times. Obviously, before you're on here, because we. Look, we're league fans first, but we consider it one of the great bed shits from Rugby Union in terms of they sort of had you. Well, you, well they did. There was yeah, a chance of you yeah. sort of going the Waratahs, eh? Yeah, well, I, I, and they I, offered you like some five year bullshit. Yeah, so deal. I, I actually never. Um, I probably wouldn't have spoken to league if I had an offer from the Waratahs or an offer from Union. Um, but the way it's turned out, I'm so happy I, that they didn't take yeah. me anything because if I did, I'd, I've got no idea what I'd be doing right now. You would be playing. 
first grade for Easts and yeah, fucking in some exactly. But so so how did that? How did the whole thing pan out? And we could have our. Obviously, we do zero research uh, beyond a bit of Wikipedia, which says Jack Maddox is your brother. So. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know how that's there. Right? <laughs> but uh, how did that sort of happen? Because you're playing Aussie schools. Was there zero approach from rugby union at all? Or oh, no, was so, it that they offered so I, you some bullshit deal? No, so I sat down with them and they just said, um, yeah, we, we can't offer you any full-time training. And like that, that's the thing a lot of people always say, oh, he left union to get money when that's just complete trash like mm. I, I left i think my first contract in at, in rugby league was 15 grand mm. and it's like yeah well that that's not really big money for a kid to leave school like yeah. you, you're throwing three times that at kids these days yeah and anyway so i sat down with them and i think they said to me um we can't really see you playing first grade until you're around 23 you were like come and come and play now how old are you now 22 yes, they said <laughs> so they said come and train with our under 20s and whatnot um and that was like three times a week in the afternoons or something and then i sat down with the the south coach michael mcguire and he said we'll offer you a year of under 20s where you're training full-time every day with a first grade squad and then a year full-time um, where you're in our top 25 players and that was just an easy decision for me did, to make. did he yeah. come to you michael yeah, so, you... I, so my manager who I'm with now, yeah. he actually teed it all up and yeah. I hadn't even signed with him, but he said to me, um, I've organised your meeting with with Michael Maguire. He's got an offer that he wants to, to put forward to you. Um, you can go on your own or I'm happy to come along. And yeah, he's, he's been really good. My, my manager, Dave, um, is with all, all sort of stuff in life, like um, how, like buying property with um, yeah, all, all different things is always been pretty on top of which is good for me yeah so the only ones that didn't see potential in you were rugby australia basically yeah and the waratahs (laughs) and hasn't that worked out for him um so and this maybe you can it's got something to do with your manager as well but your rise in rugby league has been kind of it's been pretty quick i think you would say right in terms of not just where you've got to like skill wise but you are now one of the more recognizable faces in the game whether it's uh, you know, uh, like your your work with Fox Sports on Matty John's show and all that sort of stuff. That that those videos you did with Fletch and Hindy with the finger thing uh, this year were fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, what was that experience like? Because obviously, there's the experience of playing footy and getting good at footy, and then being like, oh well, shit, like I've made it. But this is the media side of things is a different is completely different to what you're necessarily expecting when you get into it. Was it something you always looked at? Like we're interested in or it just sort of happened? Um, yeah, it just sort of happened. So I actually used to, before I was playing footy full-time, I was actually studying film and media. I've always been into like ah. art, um, videography, photography, and I was doing um, media and production at university before I had to pull out of that. And um, I'm not sure, it all just sort of happened. They obviously asked me to come on the show and I went on and I, I'm not sure if it's anything special, but a rugby league player that can string a sentence together, I think <laughs> everyone goes pretty mad for. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I've gone on a couple of their shows and um, they're, like I said, rugby league people are always really good people and I think that's, that's if, if you're not, you get found out pretty quickly. So all those guys, we get on really well and I think um, it's, it's just fun. So it's, it's, that, like that's, that kind of thing's not even for cash. It's just, yeah, it's just a good time. It's enjoyable. Yeah. And it I, looks I, like fun. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's the sort of difference with league and union as well is you don't really have that for rugby union like i think yeah. in, in league they have so many shows where you can get to know plays you can get to know what makes people tick and whatnot mm. just to touch back on the fame thing so 
Tom said meteoric rise really like sort of came out of semi nowhere and then have risen up to one of the most recognisable faces in the game certainly from the younger generation coming up probably you and Caelan Ponga are the next sort of younger faces that are people would probably most recognise. How's that been, dealing with the fame? Or is it oh, sort of business nah. as usual to yeah. you? Yeah. You can't let that kind of thing yeah. really have an impact on you. And yeah. Yeah, if you do, I think you're a bit of a toss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but do you have any of those moments? Or what was was there like even just a first moment where you're like, oh, fuck, this has sort of changed now from just, you know, I'm getting recognised in places or, you know, anything weird sort of going on? Or has it all been pretty oh, sort of... Not really. You just, I guess you just can't be a fuckwit like when you're out and about. Yeah. And I think... If anything, that's a good thing. So you don't carry on like a dicker. Yeah, right. Um, I'm sure your DMs are getting a bit of extra work. Would that be fair to say? <laughs> no comment. No comment. Oh, All right. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. No, there's, there's actually this... I actually need to get on top of it. I've been meaning to for a while. There's this one dude who I don't know who it is, but he's made a fake Tinder profile. Oh, and really? so actually I'll get messages like once or twice a week of people saying, hey, why'd you stop talking to me? And whatnot, ah. and um, this one chick actually. So she's t- sent me all these screenshots of what the guy who was pretending to me w- was saying to her, and she's like, "Can you delete those pictures that I sent of me to you?" Like, oh shit! And he was like talking as if it was me saying, "Oh, because I was sick in the in the final series," and he was saying, "I've lost my voice, I can't talk." He was. Oh, he's like fully captured. Holy shit! So, so he had taken screenshots and videos of of like. Some one of my teammates on our boat on our Mad Monday, and he'd send it to her saying, "Oh yeah, look at we're on the harbour, blah blah blah." See, well, that seems like a pretty gnarly side of I fame. Know. Then, where it's yeah. like you know, you kind of got to like you you've got someone pretending to be you somewhere, and also again with the media as it is today, like you want to do as much as you can to make sure that everyone knows that ain't fucking you. Yeah, 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 thing. yeah. So I think I. I've been meaning to for a couple of weeks now to get that well, done. Well, here we go. Here we go. No, it's cleared up now. I might do it. No. I, do I go to the cops or do I go to Tinder? Who do I go to? <laughs> maybe both. Yeah, I both. I, I think maybe... just cover all bases, go to the cops, go to... You've come to us first. Right mm. thing to do. Mm. <laughs> do People turn group, to us. Do I do a group message or... Yeah, like maybe. Email? Yeah. yeah, we'll send just it Just do a group... Yeah, CC the police into your Or should I DM Tinder and the police? DM Tinder the police... On a Hello Sport letterhead, and mm. we'll sort of come and speak All for right. you. But we can sort. This you can represent me. Yeah, we're, 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 right. we're so represent you. Yeah, perfect. Look, we get we get this sort of thing happening quite a bit <laughs> yeah. uh, when you're on top of the podcast heap, Angus. Yeah, yeah you, you know, you got to do these things. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you still got the haircut? You're wearing a hat. You've got the the yeah. The I've got hawk. a. That's grown out a little bit. Oh, yeah, it has grown out. I went a bit pointier this time. I went. Um, it was sharp, dude. When, it was when uh, I was in New York. I actually got a a fresh one. Um, I'm, I'm probably pretty due for a new one. Mm. But I, I think this year I'm going to keep the shape but probably toned down the aggressiveness. It yeah, kinda, right. That end of last year, it was yeah. like a skullet. Like yeah. you had no... I was, I was testing the water, I think. With hair, it grows back. So like, Yeah, you, you can, can mess around Exactly, mate. Yeah, I think people go a bit... Um, especially old people. People with no hair were turning up the noses and getting a bit upset. Buzz Rothfield. Yeah, yeah. Buzz wasn't Buzz, happy. Buzz was, Buzz was saying like, oh, that's not going to fly at the roosters. Yeah. You're like, what do you mean, his hair cut? Like, yeah. Who gives a shit? And, like, and as you said before, can string a sentence together. So already doing <laughs> far better than some. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the least of the roosters worry is the haircut. Yeah, I think 
some of those older dudes, for them, for their hair to grow back, it takes years. Yeah. For me, it takes a couple of weeks. So yeah. I think the sort of severity sort of yeah, got blown out of proportion for them. There's a bit of jealousy in there as well, yeah. let's be honest. It looks sharp as a tack. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's jealousy. Cut and dry. Oh, thanks, boys. That's, That's all right. Mate. But look, yeah, I'm excited to see what you do with it this year. Yeah. I'm thrilled. Yeah. I'm, I'm, all, for, I'm all for trying new things. So, mate, we'll see what the future holds. Brilliant. On the topic of new things, well, they're not new things necessarily, but- would you ever consider going back to union? Yeah, of course. So yeah. that is a real consideration. Like, I mean, because your contract does it does finish up at uh, like this cut one of the Roosters, doesn't it? Just before the world, the next World Cup. Yeah. So I've signed was with, that something you thought about? I've signed you... with the Chooks for nine, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. Mm. And then when's the next one? Twenty-three. Twenty-three. Yeah, twenty-three. I so think. you're not saying you're going, but if you were going to go, that'd give you a year playing Super Rugby, and then. Well, yeah. Year and a half. Yeah. So, half. so obviously, I've, yeah, you think you think about these sort of things, yeah. but you never really want to sign like a ten-year deal because you you never know what the game's going to do. You never know what you're going to do as a player, mm. what yeah. you can, I guess, achieve um, elsewhere, or what else you Keep can achieve. Yeah, open. at the club. So, I think three years is a pretty healthy sort of time frame to sign on. Yeah. Um, on rugby, we were obviously we know you're good mates uh, with Curtly Beal. He's obviously a great friend of the show as well, although we haven't had him on yet. Curtly, reach out. <laughs> Um, yes, sir. Yes, sir, Let's uh, please come on. But what do you think about the situation with the uh, like him and Adam Ashley Cooper getting stood down? Yeah, um, I'm not too sure. Like I said, I'm mates with KB, so um, obviously I was upset for him, and yeah. especially being Indigenous round, I was. I was yeah. thinking that's sort of his jersey, so. Yeah. I don't know. I guess be, us not being in the camp, it's a bit. You don't. You can't necessarily comment yeah, to that. Hard, end. It's hard to comment, but. Punters and dribblers, we are brought to you by Neds, the best betting platform in town. Um, I tell you what, if you've been following along on my profile, because obviously I've been overseas, so I've just been whacking up my bets for about even on the Neds profiles app, you'd see some. I, th- I seem to bet better when I'm not around people and I'm just able to eyeball the talent on game day, see what's happening. It's when I'm able to be as, as, as gifted as I think I am. So basically what you're saying is it's a lot harder to bet almost a week in advance. That is games. what I'm saying, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for example... You could say it's also a 24 hours before a game though, right? No, because if you're putting your bets in on Wednesday morning and there's a game Sunday night... There's also a game on Thursday. Yeah, but that, I'm not talking about that one. Right. I'm talking about the other games where maybe, you know, Nathan Cleary doesn't play yep. or Hines doesn't play. Well, yep. Nathan Cleary did play, but Hines doesn't play. You'd, yeah. You get caught out. You do get caught out. You know? You, you do. You get caught out. If you're following on my prof is what I'm saying is yeah. daddy, they are calling me daddy value. And I didn't come up with that either. It's embarrassing. How many bets you get on the weekend? Two. I got three. <laughs> well, <sighs> but you're not a dad, so they can't call you daddy value. Dad of a dog. Well, you... They could call you doggy style value. Doggy value. I don't know. It doesn't really have the same ring to it Why? as daddy value. You're being pettist. Well, it's not pettist. You aren't a father. I'm father of a dog. No, you're not a and father tonka. of a dog. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Shout out to Neds. We love you. Shout out to Neds. Uh, you can follow our profiles on Neds. You can also join the About Even group um, where the you know everyone's sharing their bets in there and shit. I actually followed one of Gurus yesterday, uh, which was a Joey Manu away. Yeah, it didn't get up. No, it didn't. He was very lucky that his unit scooper got up. See, I've got a bone of contention there because if that was me, there's no way I'm getting given those nine units. No, but he's he's got it on and the bet stands. Yes. So it's live. The bet's live. Well, I'm just saying I don't know that I would be afforded. This is what Tobler and I were discussing anyway in the green room. I know this is still a live read. This is a bone of contention. 
I don't think that I'd be afforded the same graces where apparently I'm not getting... So you think the bet's void altogether? Well, I'm saying you have been robbing me of units even though all my bets were going up last week. No, we robbed you of two bets. Two. Right. You didn't put one up for the Titans game or whatever it was, and you didn't do a unit scooper. That was all you robbed But I did the bets. No, you didn't. didn't. You didn't put them up. They went on your profile. They, they weren't, weren't there. on my profile? No. Well, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll show you. There was one game where there was no profile bet. There wasn't. I went through it last week. You didn't do You didn't do two bets, and you lost fucking well, two Tobler units, told and that's me, it. Tobler told me I, none of my, all my bets are void because they're not online. One of them. Okay, so Tobler doesn't even listen. You're right. So that's the problem. That's the problem. We've, we've now uncovered that. You didn't do a there. unit scooper last week. That was void, so you lost a unit. Yep. And then there was one other bet out of eight. Okay, well, so Tobler's lying. Then. Yes. Tobler's lying to you and I. Correct. Well, he's lying on your behalf. Shocking. Thanks, Nads. Cheers, Nads. Fuck you, Tobler. Now, you win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Punters and dribblers, it's the most generous podcasters of all here, Tom and Eddie. Here to look after the punter and the dribbler and their drinking needs. Mm. It's still rosé drinking season, we know that. It's worth having a couple of bottles laying around. Yeah, I don't expect you to drink it in the driving rain, but I just went outside and the sun's out, baby. Oh, really? Sun's out, bum's out again, and it's fucking hot out there. I'll be losing the jacket, Tom. Mm. I can promise you that. So you need a couple of cases laying around your digs. You just do. Well, it's certainly when you've got guests, you're entertaining. Hey, come round. A couple of Sheila's come round. You want to be able to crack a bottle yeah. and impress? Yeah. Of course you do. Now, you're going to get 50 bucks off each case if you use the code MANLY. That's a gift from Tom and I at hellosport.shop. Six bottles. You're getting $50 off hellosport.shop. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Be prepared. Yeah. And if you're not prepared, you're prepared to fail. It's not the saying, but it's all right. Fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Got it. Hello, sport does yeah. it seem a bit harsh to you? Like, does that sort of sh- like I know there are standards kept in teams, right? Like, I understand where you come from, but like, for what seemed to be kind of innocuous, it's like, do you did well? Do you have those sort of things in your in your teams? Like, yeah, so where- we've got the same sort of rules: no chicks in the hotel room, mm. um, no chicks in your hotel, um, and if <laughs> and if you do, you can get sent home. Like I, I actually remembered my first training camp with South. We were over in America. In Arizona, we were staying on like a, I think it was Arizona State, um, on the campus, and we weren't allowed to have girls in our hotel room. And I had a mate who he was eighteen, and he had a girl come over, and he got caught. It was his first preseason, and he got sent home from Arizona. Oh, Jesus! Really? Imagine the head noise there when you're eighteen years old getting yeah. sent home. Going, what have I done? Yeah. And um, I I don't know. I guess I feel like coaches when they put these sort of things in place, and someone does break the rules they sort of do want to set a standard but yeah yeah like i said it it, it is it's sad to see especially for Kurtley, who's one of the cl- like classiest players in that side to yeah. to not play in a in a big game at twickenham in, in an indigenous jersey it's yeah it's sad not to see but and they let him play against fucking italy like, yeah surely drop him for italy yeah you know what i mean yeah anyway that's disappointing um and you got and your mate maddox hey he's he's a wallaby how's that you guys were yeah. in the same year at school you're both sort of Gone down the same path professionally. That must be a pretty cool experience. Yeah, no, it is really good. Share. Yeah, it was good. He had his first start the other day. I'm not sure why. Checker pulled him off at half time. I was spewing because I had 500 any time try score. So, <laughs> um, I just I woke up at 2 a.m. and went went to sleep on the couch with my dog at half time. But um, yeah, it looked like I didn't miss too much. But anyway, no, no you didn't. Ho- hopefully, he'll sort of find his straps. And I think it's I'm stoked for him. Um, following his passion and, and playing some really good footy. I'm not sure if he's going to stay out in the wing for too long. Um, I always rip into him for being a, 
a, a full-blown winger now, but um, he was always a sort of ball school, um, five-eight or fullback. Oh, at really? School. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. Were you in the same side? He he actually played. Th- I played, we played a couple of games together, but he yeah. um, had some falling outs with the coaches at school and played third fifteen. Really? That Did he really? Bullshit, eh? Mm. Scott's cold. You're yeah. kidding. That's also still pretty sick, though. Like, you're playing third 15 at high yeah. school and you're still able to make the Wallabies. Yeah. So there was a chance for me, maybe. You know what I mean? Well, there was a chance for me because I did play third. So, <laughs> yeah. you know yeah, what I mean? That so makes a little bit Jack more Maddox sense. Of this group I'm the Jack I'm the Jack Crichton right. that never was. Yeah, you're the. Yeah, well, the... boys, there's still a lot of time. That's true. I'm only well, 30 almost. You're almost 30. I've got a bit of time. How, how, how old was Adam Ashley Cooper when he came back in last week? Fucking oath. That's 34, a good point. 34? Maybe That's I get a good over point. to Japan. You got four years, boys. Not bad. Back to footy, back to rugby league. Um, Origin debut this year. Now. I've read somewhere recently that you couldn't have been more nervous before that first game. That goes without saying. What? Look, I know people always say, "Was it the most intense thing ever? What was the most? Was it the most? You know, it was the hardest game of footy I've ever played." But as a proud New South Welshman, as a country boy from Young, we're both country boys. I'm from Dubbo. He's from Barrel. Barrel's little Barrel country. country. Barrel's s- Barrel semi country. It's hobby not farms. city. It's like <laughs> I, a hobby farm. I didn't situation. actually have any acreage either. So, so just rich Sydney family. Well, look, that's space. not what it's about here. Let's not get too into that. I'm just saying that you know. But as but as three <laughs> no, as sorry, three men who just love. <laughs> <laughs> Love the state of New South Wales. What was that like, mate? Yeah, obviously stoked. and Particularly getting the win. Yeah, I, I was obviously so um, overwhelmed. My whole family was there. Um, just seeing my family after and my dad holding back tears. Oh, that, yeah. really? That's yeah. nice. Yeah. That would have been cool. Um, running out to the MCG. First time ever even going there. I'd never even been to any sports there, so... Playing, out- playing at the G sounds like that would be one of the cooler experiences. Yeah, that, that was... That's probably... That packed was probably the biggest crowd I've ever even seen. So to play in front of that, I, and I was like, like you said, I was nervous, but I sort of got that out because when because I was on the bench, so I ran out and just sort of just relaxed and took it all in. Because yeah. if I stayed nervous, twi- twitching my fingers and bloody my my energy just gets zapped. So I just had to force myself to chill out and and just relax. Is it loud? What's it like? Hundred yeah, thousand. Yeah, is it, it deafening? Yeah, it was. It was very. I'm just loud. trying. I can't imagine what it would be like. I mean, no. we've done some big, some big speaking oh, before. Some, <laughs> <laughs> like, Nothing like a hundred thousand though. Hundred thousand, but close. Yeah, I imagine that'd be yeah. wild. Yeah. Um, and then to go on and win the series uh, is obviously epic. Did you do? Did you invent the shieldy? Which is the? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, it just sort of happened. I didn't think about it. Or so the shieldy, Eddie. If you haven't, I'm haven't you know, so no. the shieldy is where it's the shoey but off the shield. Yeah, well, yeah. So I mean, it, it's it sounds like that would be a dream come true. Yeah, well, it just sort of happened. I didn't really <laughs> think. It. I think it was just laying on the floor there, and um, Tyson Frizzell was just pouring twoies on it. <laughs> And then I was like licking Good it Tyson. up. Yeah, licking it up like a dog. <laughs> and then Cookie picked it up and then they poured a fresh one on top and it just sort of all fell into place. There and you the go. cameraman was just there and yeah, the rest Have you got some true. pretty hectic photos from the celebrations there? Like yeah. just some really cool uh, you know, yeah, there's uh, a few, memorable there's sort a of pics. There's a few good ones that are there I've got to print out and get framed up, which will be pretty sick. So on your Instagram you are, you've got a bunch of framed blues jerseys for is that for family? Is that what, yeah. is that what you're saying? Yeah, so the the guy he's out in, in Miranda, his name's Rob, real good fella. And shout out to Rob. Shout out to Rob, Flame and Framing. He does all the framing for me and um, a few other boys that hit him up. And he, um, I sort of sent through what I wanted on it, like wrote a, put it, sent him through all the pictures and wrote like a little message. I've got one frame for mum, dad, uh, my grandma and my grandma and grandpa on the other side, just like with a little message saying thank you for 
for everything, I guess, and I'll take them down. I think I'm going to head down to Orange next weekend and drop one down to Young's to the other one. So That's yeah. quite nice. Yeah. We were thinking there's five in the photo. So do you wear a different jersey? So they give us two for each game uh, yeah, in case one rips. Yeah, right. And so I, I've framed up all – I kept the game two, one that I wore, just to keep. That's the one that we wanted in. So yeah. Unwashed? No, it's washed, oh. yeah. <laughs> I'd be keeping that stinky. Yeah, 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 yeah. And not behind glass either, yeah. just out there. Just on a coat hanger. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> Put it on every time you have a couple. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's like, uh, um, you know, like if you ever got a bag. Bender attire time. Like, you know, do, you ever, do you pull out? You got, and you got a ring as well, eh? Yeah, yeah. That's bad. I've, I've got two stump rings I've got a little low key one that oh, I wear you're stumped, dude I haven't even noticed it yeah I haven't worn any today because I've obviously been, obviously been training yeah but right yeah I've got a little low key one that I wear um, a I'm, low key stump origin ring. no 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 we didn't get origin rings what I, I just got a personalised stump ring mate I thought that was what you no well I mean no There's. I know you got the stump I thought you got rings for winning origin don't no you? we didn't get one Get fucked. Well, they might be. I, I reckon they're so. in the mail, dude. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure you're getting yeah. them. Because yeah. I mean, unless I Freddie, remember, unless New Age Freddie sort of. Well, Gal would always pull his out, like uh, his ring, uh, just to sort of. Well, then Brett Finch was like, "Yeah, I've got one." Yeah, Finch. Yeah, mate, you got to be getting a ring. Yeah, surely that, that'd be pretty good. Ask Freddie about that. <laughs> we'll ask Freddie. <laughs> we'll ask Freddie. We'll call Freddie. Yeah. Look, Get Freddy again, let us show. sort this out. Reach out, Freddie. Along with the <laughs> along with the Tinder profile that needs to be ironed out, we'll get we'll get you a ring. Yeah, we'll get on top. Do of you need to set you up a Tinder profile as well? Maybe that's how you debunk this thing. Or have you already got no, a real I, one? I just deleted my Tinder profile. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Why'd you do that? Uh, I don't know. Growing up a little bit. Yeah. No, okay. No, no, I get yeah. it. Have you Getting got a girl? On. No, I don't. No? I don't. Well, then, Matt, that was a bad idea. What are you doing? <laughs> Probably doesn't need one anymore, mate. <laughs> well, that's true. Instagram. Yeah. You know right. I mean? It's the Tinder of the 21st century. All right. Well, it's changing tact a little bit. Yeah, um, classy it up. You mentioned, yeah, you mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned earlier that you'd been to Arnhem Land, was it? Or yeah, Darwin. So you, I read somewhere that you go there once a year. Yeah. So I'm actually in the middle of um, making a charity, yeah, um, which will educate uh, essentially white Australians about our Indigenous history. First People Project. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm. I sort of. I launched that. I reckon end of this year or start of next year. Mm. Um, and just sort of like like I was saying, how my background was in film and and media and whatnot. Actually, making short films to educate people about all the different cultures, different communities that are in Australia that I guess no one even knows about, and including myself. So I think that we sort of owe it to ourselves to learn about our own country and our own people, which we don't know enough about. So how'd you get into this sort of uh, work and this sort of this? direction yeah so when i was at scott's i there were two boys that they got scholarships from up in arnhem land so that's like an hour and a half flight from darwin um right out bush really remote uh, remote only like one shop in the whole town sort of sort of community mm. um dry community no drinking um they speak a different language um what do they speak up there it's called yulmumata and there's like different there's like six or seven different types of it and so these two boys came down to Sydney, didn't really know about brushing their teeth, washing, showering, washing their clothes, and obviously couldn't speak the language. Their family was all the way up in Arnhem Land, um, thousands of kilometres away. So I thought they were in the same boarding house as me, and I sort of just started looking after them. Um, How with, much younger with were basic they? Basic stuff. Um, so I think I was 16, and they would have been maybe 15 and 14. Right, yeah. 
And so I sort of helped them finish school. And when I'd graduated, they'd come stay with me on the weekends and that sort of thing. And Yeah, so I was there from when they were like 14 to to 18 and then visit them up in Arnhem Land now. And um, so I want to start off by sort of telling the story of Arnhem Land and and the communities up there and then go and do Central Australia, go and do Torres Strait Islands, go and do Tiwi Islands, WA, Queensland and all these sort of cultures that myself, I've got to do a lot of research on it and obviously got to get people on board that will help me move in the right direction. Um, And then eventually just making sure that everyone knows about, I guess, what is our culture. So... Just back to the two dudes at school first. Um, did you sort of have obviously you what you did is extremely nice and it's sort of like what a nice person would do. But was there any other motivation behind or like have you got yeah. any family that no, sort of not at all any form of activism? You just sort of these, yeah. you lived with these guys. You yeah. sort of helped them out, and then I, from there the whole thing sort of grew. Yeah, well, I guess I sort of myself coming from. I, so I live forty k's out of town, five hours from Sydney, and I had no family in Sydney, and I found it hard enough when I could speak the language. So I'm seeing these right. guys, like imagine us going to a, a school in Arnhem Land where you can't speak a word. Yeah. Everyone's pitch black and you're white. Yeah. Like it's the complete opposite. Yeah. So they're these two dark as hell boys in a white posh boarding school yeah. that can't speak the language and ha- have no family there. So Was there anything in place for them to try and like yeah, so make it Yeah, so they've, they've obviously got a program, sort of but involved? it's like how, how much do you want to go and hang out with teachers and that sort of thing? So I, yeah. I don't know. I just... yeah. I, it just naturally sort of happened and, and I just started looking after them and making sure that they were comfortable and, and whatnot. So, yeah, and, and I'm happy I did it. It all sort oh, of fell into you. place. And, and then me sort of having a profile and whatnot through sport, I just thought um, it's a perfect sort of opportunity to help sort of bridge the gap and a bit of reconciliation just so that I, th- I think the biggest thing is knowing, is Indigenous people knowing that white Australians do want to make a difference and do want to help and I think that if I can sort of take a step in that direction and help people understand and help people want to um, make a difference in this arena it can that really help yeah was is there is it common for boys out of Arnhem Land to go to private schools no not, the not at all so, so these boys were two of the first ones yeah Scots has a really good indigenous program they've got yeah. boys from Torres Strait boys from Central Australia and yeah all around Australia coming to schools. But I think um, a few of the other private schools are doing it now as well, and I think it's really good. But um, obviously you've got to sort of... Like myself, I had to learn like where these boys are from. I had to learn um, how they talked and, and their culture. And I think at the end of the day, they were here way before us. So yeah. um, if we can sort of make an effort to, to want to learn their culture, which is, I guess, our own history, then it'll help them feel more comfortable and help them feel more heard. Was there any um, difficult? Well, obviously, there'd be difficulty, but like uh, in so you, they couldn't speak English. Um, well, so they could speak words, but, but just, just not well. not yeah. very well. Um, were there any glaring cultural differences uh, when you were sort of just sort of in the day to day things at school, where you would have to sort of come in and help them, where they were really sort of like, "What the fuck's going on here?" Or any times where they found the th- the whole situation too overwhelming and wanted to head home. Yeah, there was definitely testing times where I had to help the boys um, sort of adjust and get used to different lifestyles. And it's just like myself, so I think it would have been four years into looking after them. I've been looking after them for probably six or eight years now maybe, eight years. And my first time up there, like, and I can see so so easily why they found it so difficult is because you go up there and it's just red dirt. Um, a lot of people don't work. It's all very family based and it, yeah it's just so different to western culture and especially sydney so yes yeah, yeah really different 
How they go now, the two boys? Yeah, they're good. One of them's a police liaison officer back yeah. home. So he sort of is that link between the community and the police officers. So I think he's one of the first, I think he might be the second um, Indigenous one that have done that because it's in the past, it's always been white guys that are always a policeman. And the other ones, he's a really big into their sort of cultural, um, traditional sort of dance and music mm. and whatnot. So he's up there mm. doing that kind of thing. How do you find going up there and uh, sort of seeing their family and getting in and amongst it? Yeah, I love it. And um, it's really different. Just, it's pretty special to be a part of, to be honest, just because they, so how I looked after their boys, they sort of say that they've adopted me into their family. So I just go up there and stay with them and just do what they do and just learn um, firsthand. And then for me, I'm just, I, I just got thinking and it's like, it's, uh, video is the best sort of way to tell that story because you mm. can't be taking thousands of people up there and say hey look at this because you're intruding yeah. and yeah. for me it's it's pretty easy for me to bring a, f a few people with a camera to sort of capture it all and bring it back here and edit it in the way that they want it to be done and sort of tell that story through, through film have you started doing that yeah so this last trip that i went up on i took um two camera guys with me um from canon they're actually going to sponsor um first people project and they sort of were up there for three nights or four days just sort of capturing um, some stuff and took some portraits and whatnot that we're going to put into a little teaser video when we do um, launch the the foundation. So that'll be pretty sick. And then I think for these short films, I've going to put a lot more research and a bit more storyline and whatnot into it. So I'll have to sit down and that, do that sort of thing this year. Now I'm back in Sydney um, for the next little while. I'll have a fair bit of time on my hands to do that. And oh, how's yeah. it been received by you know your adopted family? Yeah, they, they're stoked. Yeah. And I remember... Um, I met a lady as well from the Torres Strait Islands and her kids up at Scott's and she, I was having a chat to her about it and she, um, when I was explaining to her what I want to do and how to sort of teach um, white Australians about our Indigenous culture and in sort of return giving our Indigenous kids something to be proud of and that they'll feel like they've got a voice, they'll feel like people know where they're from and they'll be heard. And she just broke down crying. and Wow, wow. Yeah, so that was pretty um, incredible and just sort of... Oh, I'm just excited to start ripping into it and, and hopefully make a difference through that. Well, it's a fantastic idea, man. Yeah, man. Like, it's pretty incredible. And uh, for someone so young, and I mean, we're all relatively young here, but uh, I just mean, I don't mean to sound patronizing when I say that, but I just mean, like, it's quite incredible that you've got this sort of uh, selfless side to you. And um, I mean, I don't really know how else to put it. I just find it very impressive. Congratulations no, for thanks, that, man. Boys. It's cool. So when do you reckon you'll, st you'll drop the first sort of... Um, so right now I'm going through all the sort of um, registration sides of things. Obviously, that's a pretty lengthy process, having like any directors, board members, and that sort of thing. So um, I'm not too sure. Hopefully, the back end of this year, or most likely the start of next year, mm. I want to have it ready. Hectic. Yeah. Mate, that's very exciting. Isn't well, uh, we'll keep... keep our ears to the ground. Yeah, for sure. Um, we're going to need to get you to do a couple of... Call to actions, because as you know, we had Drew Mitchell call you out yeah. uh, when we had him on here. So uh, we're hoping to get, obviously, Kurtley on. Yeah. So we're going to need you to call out Kurtley in a moment. But also, in the uh, in the vein of prodigious talent such as yourself, such as Kurtley Beal, what's your relationship like with Caelan Pong? Or if he was to see that you've called him out, is he going to be like, look, I've never met Angus, so the call-out's not going to mean that much. No, or, uh, yeah, I know KP. Do you reckon? Do you reckon we got a shot with KP? He's in Newcastle though. Well, so. look, I realise that, and also if anyone can hear this fucking drill going on, look, <laughs> I don't know what's happening here, but 
it's really fuck. It's pissing me off. And there were some <laughs> moments where Angus was getting quite deep with some shit. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking drills coming over the top. So I apologise. Look. Uh, I we, think we, let, we can, we can oh. sort out Newcastle. Newcastle isn't too big a bridge to cross. No, I don't think so. No, New is a great place, boys. Exactly. That's right. Mate, thank you very Beautiful, much for coming bro. in. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Good luck with all the uh, the First People project. Good luck for the, the next couple of years with the Roosters, except when you play Manly. I think that's fair to say. <laughs> well, I think that goes without saying. That goes without saying. <laughs> Just um, throw those matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> throw right. those and then... And then everything else, else we're all good. Yeah. Um, Mate, if there's anything we can do without thousands upon thousands of listeners to help promote, uh, you know, your first people project in the future, we'd be happy to help out in any way. But mate, you've done a, you've really helped us out by coming on. So thank you very much. Yeah, legends, no worries. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Let's fucking stop that. Reach out, KP and Curly. <laughs> Could you two just not talk anymore?